Hello and welcome to another Perpetual Outsider podcast with me, John Bensalia. Thank you for joining me. Today is the second commentary of the classic John Sullivan comedies. And where else can you go but the ultimate? Only Fools and Horses. Personally, my favourite sitcom of all time. Absolutely marvellous. I have chosen at random an episode from 1986, which is called The Longest Night. So, without further ado, let's gear up the, uh, the DVD and go in five, four, three, two, one. Here we go. Many fond memories of watching this. Many fond memories of watching this. I, th I think it's one of those, Only Fools and Horses is one of those comedies where everything just comes together. The writing, the acting, the performances, the, you know, even the incidental characters. And it just, you know, and it always makes me laugh every time. So this is a, this is an unusual episode because it's, um, it's a very rare one which doesn't feature um, the Trotter's flat. You know, it's um, this episode revolves around um, a very long night in the supermarket. And uh, for anyone that's worked in the supermarket, like I did many moons ago, uh, you'll know that time kind of goes in a different way. It's like dog years. The charm school. <laughs> yeah, the cashies were a bit like that, actually. <laughs> Yes, um, it's it's quite an unusual kind of um, idea for a comedy, you know, to be trapped in the supermarket for all night. But like with John Sullivan's comedies, it was based on um, experiences that either he'd experienced or that he read about. And apparently, and this is a true story, apparently John Sullivan had actually read about this kind of, um, this rather kind of small fry crook. And he actually thought of going into a supermarket and actually come trying his luck with this kind of uh, uh, this kind of scam with both the uh, the manager of the supermarket and the security manager, which is exactly what you've got here. So I, I don't know how much is um, you know is, is based on you know that true story, but here you've got the security manager played by John Barton, which is uh, who's better known to fans as um, Jim Branning from. EastEnders, Doc Cotton's, uh, Doc Cotton's husband. And here you've got the rather ineffectual manager, who's played by Max Harvey. Um, science fiction fans will know him better as Zorak in Ark of Infinity, Doctor Who. And I forget, what's his name in Blake's son? Well, anyway, he, he pops up in the episode called Animals as the, uh, the man of the boiling TV screen, which keeps making him more like, Boing, boing, and then he suddenly just vanishes again, and that's it. So, um, an easy day's work for him. And he's also in Black Hatter. He's in he's in the Chains episode. I think he's the uh, the, the guard who's in charge of both Black Hatter and um, Melchip. Entrecotriocha, <laughs> my favourite. It's that whole kind of bourgeois upper class, isn't it? Or mid, you know, aspiring upper class, isn't it? 
function for e of v. So yes, it's quite an unusual episode that um, it, it doesn't take place in the flat. It's all in a, you know, it's it's kind of pretty much playing out in real time, and um, they've they've been tricked to. Um, They've they've uh, been suddenly accosted by the uh, the security manager because um, they he thinks that they've they've paid too little and you know they're trying to walk out with extra groceries, but um, of course uh, as it turns out it's it's a little more than that as, as it you know goes further down the line. John Sullivan, a master of plotting, um, it, it's not just the funny lines that I like about John Sullivan's comedies. It's also the way that he expertly plots the story. So you've got some kind of throwaway line or throwaway plot point that you don't really kind of think about the first time you see it. But as the episode goes on, it suddenly all makes sense. And that forgotten plot point or throwaway line, it suddenly becomes a lot more relevant. And it's kind of like the key to the whole, um, the unravelling of the plot, I suppose. And, and that's, that is the sign of a very skilled writer. Wonderful. And of course, you've, you've also got the interplay between the main characters. The last time I talked about Citizen Smith with the main characters like, you know, Wolfie and Ken and uh, the TPF and, uh, and even incidental characters like, um, you know, like, uh, Shirley and Wolfie's mum and dad. And they were all, you know, they were all brilliantly written and, uh, and active. And you've got exactly the same, you know, the same sort of deal here in Only Fools and Horses. Every, you know, the, the main three, you've got David Jason, Nicholas Lindhurst, and Buster Merrifield. They, they are all perfectly in tune with each other. And both the the writing and the acting are just perfect. You know, you can't get better than that. Oh, here he comes. <laughs> the shadow. Uh, this is Vass Blackwood, who is absolutely hilarious as this um this small time crook called the shadow and he's blatantly going into a shop and just stealing the food in front of everyone <laughs> he just he just puts two tins in his coat pocket <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that's Blackwood. Is he, he's he, he he does threaten to steal the show. Actually, yeah, he's just <laughs> drinking a can of beer, stealing bees, and the. <laughs> oh dear! But apologies again for the laughter. But I, I think this might be. Uh... <laughs> One of those in which I laugh more than a comment. I, I hope not. I'll, I'll try not to. Uh, think, think of the most depressing thing, John. I don't know. But it's it's funny. And he's he's got a lot of charisma as, as the shadow. And just great comic timing. Um, just, you know, the facial expressions and the dialogue. It's it's just, uh, it's, it's brilliant. Put it on my account. And of course, and of course, this is all part of of uh, the John Sullivan plot. It's uh, it, you know, it's it's clever stuff. All of these, uh, all of the supermarket scenes, the the, uh, the location filming, it was actually shot in a in a genuine supermarket, which was in uh, in East London. 
Leytonstone, sadly no longer there. It's now uh, now occupied by an, by another uh, big brand uh, uh, store. I'm just wondering if those if those um, onlookers are actually real or not. You know, it's like, a, oh my god, only fools and horses is filming there. You know, it's it's their lucky day, or or whether they're extras. I don't know. I suspect they're extras. You know, that they otherwise be laughing, wouldn't they? I think. <laughs> Yeah, only fools and horses. By nineteen eighty six, it was it was getting to be big news, and apparently, it was they were thinking of that it might actually be the last the last actual series ever broadcast because David Jason apparently was thinking of moving on, and there were various ideas of you know whether to carry on with it. You know, they were thinking of maybe um, doing this, um, a spin off called. Hot Rod, starring uh, Nicholas Lindhurst as Rodney, and he'd be kind of going it alone. And you do get, they do toy with that kind of idea that David Jason could be leaving in the last episode of the series, uh, which is called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? How could I forget Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? When he's, um, he says, just looking at the DVD case, and apparently they were going to they were going to end it there with David Jason uh, Dell actually going off to Australia with his old friend Jumbo. But it turns out that he didn't and um, that only Thoughts and Horses would actually come back. And it would be even bigger and it would be even better because it, it just went on to new new heights with um, extended episodes for, you know, from half an hour to 50 minutes. And and that kind of gave the the episodes kind of more room to breathe, and there was more room for you know sort of characterization. But I, I still you know I still love these early episodes. You know it's it's great. <laughs> Bloody watch! <laughs> it's <laughs> one of one of Dale's crappy watches that he's, he sold down the market store and obviously doesn't work. <laughs> so now we've got this um, this kind of hostage scenario where uh, the, the shadow is um, is holding the manager and security manager and of course um, Dale Rodney and Albert's ransom apparently, but um, like it's not all that it seems. <laughs> Buster Mer this is Buster Merrifield's um, second season, because um, unfortunately the original um, older character, Grandad, and uh, the actor Leonard Pearson sadly passed away in 1984. But I've got to be honest, I, 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 I do prefer Uncle Albert. I, I think Buster Merrifield's comic timing, I think he's wonderful. Especially in, you know, there's certain episodes where he, where he literally just steals the show with a look or an expression that he does. And the one that I'm thinking of is Rodney Come Home, when he has to react horrified to Rodney going out on a date with another woman, apart from who was not Cassandra. And he does, if you've never seen it, oh, you're in for a treat. Um, it's, it's, it's just priceless. He's going, <gasps> and he actually makes David... David Jason very visibly corpse on camera. He's he's literally just narrowly trying not to laugh, and it's it's just wonderful. So yeah, I I, I personally think Buster Merrifield is uh, 
is is my favourite of the two, you know, the, the older the older main characters. But you know, Leonard Leonard Peace did a great job, and um, you know, it's, it's kind of a more melancholic side to uh, to Granddad. He's you know quite a you know, he's a very funny character, but also he had, he had this great sort of air of melancholy, you know, sort of, you know, quite kind of world-weary and, um, you know, you sort of ended up feeling quite sorry for him in quite a few episodes. Only Fools and Horses was, um, I think it did suffer a, a little bit in, I think it was like the late 90s and the early noughties. And they were just, BBC would repeat it on the loop. And they would just repeat it like literally every Saturday. They wouldn't have any other comedies. Um, now they're doing BBC are doing exactly the same thing with Dad's Army every Saturday. No, yeah, every Saturday, yeah, on BBC Two without fail. There's Dad's Army on BBC Two, and you think, well, hang on a minute, didn't the BBC make other comedies? Why not just repeat? You know, why not repeat a whole great selection? Which you know, to be fair, they you know be. Um, BBC Four had started to do, and actually, you know, there have been a couple of um, attempts to repeat comedies, but it always seems to be Dad's Army, and I and I don't really understand why. Can BBC Two just uh, just just mix it up a bit? You know? But yeah, Only Fools and Horses it, it got repeated practically every week in the, in the early noughties. and it you know it it was in danger of becoming a little bit over repeated, I think. Um, but you know, I, I don't think that makes any difference. It, you know, to me, it's uh, it's still my all-time favorite comedy. <laughs> Shadows. <laughs> he comes and he goes, and nobody knows. I'm not happy days come and go as long as you. This this is a great performance from Bass Blackwood, where he's constantly bigging himself up, and he's you know he's so obviously small fry. They seek him here. They seek him there, <laughs> comparing himself to the Scarlet Pimpernel. But Daniel is a shirt <laughs> oh, it's just wonderful. It's it's wonderful how John Sullivan can create this kind of great comedy, this mining for comedy from this, you know, apparently real, you know, this real story that, that he read about in the news. It's uh, you know, it's, it's genius, really. <laughs> oh, oh, trick off <laughs> <laughs> I think it, you know, it's it is mostly a bottle episode. Most of the action takes place in this one room, the manager's office, and I think with the right scripts and the right actors, and you know the right comic timing, you could, you've got comedy gold here. All you need is just one room, but. You know, it, it doesn't matter about the budget. It doesn't matter how many characters you've got. Um, all that matters is you've got you've got a good script and you've got good actors to do it justice. And that's exactly what happens here. 
Yeah, this this is one of Buster Merrifield's great uh, distractions. Uh, he, he does his best to um, pretend to be ill, and nobody actually cares. <laughs> pretends he, he pretends to walk around, and he's got a bit of cramp in his leg. No, so he pretends to. <laughs> The closest he gets to a sudden movement is when he wipes the cobwebs off his head. <laughs> it's, it's faces like that, that cross-eyed gurning face that he does, and, and everybody just carries on as normal. <laughs> Shadow just lights up a cigarette, and uh, Della Romney just like, whatever. <laughs> And Albert just kind of nonchalantly just walks back to where he was and it's just like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> oh, brilliant. And of course, you know, you know, you've you've got gold with uh, David Jason and Nicholas Lindhurst, you know, the um j- just the you know, an inspired um inspired casting there. I don't. I don't think David Jason was um, the original choice for Dell, but it's it's a, it turns out that you know the you know where they did cast him, it was it was just perfect casting, and um, Nicholas Lindhurst, of course, you know he's he's the perfect foil, but he's um, rather than being the straight man to Dell's you know more you know comedy character, Rodney also comes out with some great comedy lines as well, and there's going to be a and also you know comedy lines and comedy situations. And it's going to be a great example of that coming here, coming up here in a minute. Uh, I'm not sure if it's now, but um, it's it's when Rodney they think he's he, Rodney's going to steal the gun, but um, but he doesn't. He goes for the cigarettes. <laughs> so it, it's it's a it's a great team, great you know, great comedy double act. Wonderful. I know there've been various. Um, Questions about whether they should bring only fools and horses back, but I, I really, do, I really don't think they should, and I, I, th- I think they prove that with the, um, because originally only fools and horses finished in 1996 with that wonderful trilogy of episodes, and the episode in which they finally become millionaires and they, you know, they walk off down the yellow brick road. That was like, I think that was the perfect place to leave it, but unfortunately. That they brought it back, and I, I think it kind. Of, I think it did prove that lightning it doesn't strike twice. Oh, this this is it. This this is the bit with the uh, the cigarettes. <laughs> and he, I th- I think you can hear members of the audience actually whispering, "Cigarettes! He's going to go for the cigarettes." I think they probably tweaked it. Uh. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, th- I think the audience would tweet the joke, I think. <laughs> yeah, Blanca! <laughs> no need to steal. Yeah, I, 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 I don't think, you know, of, of course, you know, sadly, John Sullivan no longer with us. 
Um, and also, you know, sadly, many of the cast are no longer with us either. You know, sadly, you know, John Chalice and um, Kenneth MacDonald and, and, of course, Buster Merrifield. So, you know, I, I, I just don't, I don't really think it would work if, if they tried to bring it back. The last they did was, a, I think it was a comic relief sketch with um, Dell and Rodney. I think, I think they had David Beckham in it, I think it was 2014. <laughs> the master of disguise, and of, and of course, you know, the shadow is actually called Lennox Gilby, and he's a, you know, he's a, he's just a kid that's fallen on hard times. Lennox Gilby. <laughs> I like the kind of humanity that they that they give Dell. You know, he's um, you know, he actually promised, he actually asks um, the manager to actually help out Lennox. Um, and and this is where you know this is where all the all the plot points of the um, of the story of this episode come together um, because it's uh, it's all been a scam. You know, um, Dale, Rodney, and Albert—they've—they've they've been tricked into um, being in the office because um, the managers deliberately hired um, Lennox. You know, for various iffy reasons of his own. So you've got you've got Dale actually, um, you know, sort of. Uh, I think I think beneath you know beneath all the bluster and all the um, you know all the. Uh, all the you know the many dodgy sayings and phrasings that he comes up with. He's he's you know he's got a heart of gold and he's got you know and he's also got a lot of brain power as well because he's worked out the whole kind of scam as well. So you know there's there's many signs to Dell. I I think that's what works with a good comedy character, which like I've said before you know is uh, sadly missing these days. I mean I mean what comedies have we got these days on BBC? You know, Mrs. Brown's boys. I mean, for crying out loud, it's it's a it's an old cliche to say that Mrs. Brown's boys is not much cop, but but it isn't. You know, it's not much cop. It's just um, you know, it's it's just very obvious um, dumbed down writing. And God, it's, it's, God, you'd have to pay me a lot, a lot of money to actually comment on Mrs. Brown's boys. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the shadow forgot the, the getaway car. <laughs> yeah, John Sullivan came up with quite a few spin-offs from uh, from Only Fools and Horses. He did uh, he did of course the Green Green Grass, which uh, which was actually very good and uh, you know successful uh, spin-off of the uh, the the noughties. And I think he did one called Rock and Chips, which was kind of like a prequel to. To only fools and horses, which I, I don't think was quite as good. I, I don't really think uh, it worked quite as well. Uh, here we go. Here's the plot with the. He's uh, <laughs> he's all the plot untangling. Yeah, how did Lennox know so much about this place? It's great. <laughs> 
<laughs> the manager did do it for the money. Pay off the debts with his with his wife with his uh, Yoha. <laughs> Twelve thousand pounds for a solarium. I mean, that's chicken feed these days, isn't it? <laughs> Oh, what a gift of twelve thousand oh. <laughs> pounds! All this, um, all this living beyond their means—it's, uh, it's, it's just a classic, classic, uh, classic comedy motive, isn't it? Yeah, um, I, I don't know what Monday audiences will make of Overfuls and Horses. Um, I, you know, I, I did read a couple of years ago that I think some modern audiences thought it wasn't really PC enough. Um, and yeah, to be fair, there, there are, you know, there, there is the occasional derogatory words and, you know, which wouldn't be acceptable these days. Um, but, I'm, you know, again, we're, we're looking at... Um, a product that is very much of its time. Unfortunately, there wasn't as great an awareness, you know, like in the 1980s as there is now. Um, but overall, I, th I think it stands out very well. I think, you know, if, if you ignore the, uh, you know, the sometimes iffy language, and, you know, <laughs> again, it's the Duncan Confused Barber. Yeah, I mean, even that line probably these days, I think, we're, you know, I think it might be a little bit too sensitive. But, but overall, I, th I think it's a comedy that stands the test of time very well. I, th I think it's, um, you know, it's it's a masterclass in comedy writing, I think. <laughs> 14 hours. <laughs> Toy gun. <laughs> oh, wonderful stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's there's many other John Sullivan comedies that are out there that are well worth checking out. Actually, I mean, apart from Only Fools and Horses and Citizen Smith, which the one is. Um, what reviewed yesterday? You've also got Dear John. You've got Just Good Friends. Um, there's, uh, I think he did one called Roger Roger, which was in the nineties, which was about a, a taxi cab firm. But there are, you know, there are many examples of uh, this, you know, brilliant talent, you know, out there. So yeah, if you're looking for a good laugh, then um, you know, nip on down to the DVD shop or Blu-ray shop and uh, and um, you know, you know, get one of the DVDs because it's well, you know, well recommended. <laughs> But yeah, to those who've never seen Only Fools and Horses before, you're in for a treat, definitely. So Dell's um, letting them off a hook in return for a few favours. <laughs> yeah, he's got a funny feeling that he's going to be the millionth customer. <laughs> now it makes sense. Love me, Jubbly. Oh, bonjour. <laughs> well, that was only fools and horses. Um, absolute, you know, absolute class, real class.
even the, even down to John Sullivan singing the uh, the closing of the theme tune, which is not sung by um, Nicholas Lindhurst as I always thought it was, but you know when I was a kid. Many happy memories of watching that as a youngster, and many happy um, yeah many happy times watching this again. And I hope you hope you enjoyed it as well. Um, I'll be back very soon with uh, more podcasts. Hope you can join me then. But in the meantime, this is John Ben Salia saying bonjour for now, and hope to hear from you very soon. Bye bye. <laughs>